Okay, you ready? Yep. What's today's date? Today's date is October 13th. 14th. Monday the 14th, Kapow Radio Show. Today we're going to talk about full faith versus partial faith. It's kind of a, it's a cool story found in Matthew 15, verses 22 through 28. Also found in Mark 7, right? That's right, 7. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know what the verses are. Here. It's, um, let's see, 24. Okay. Yeah, it don't matter. We'll, we'll get there. We'll read both. Yeah, it's 24. We'll read both. We found this interesting because Miss um, Kapow and I are, <laughs> how do I put this gently? We're going through something. Yeah. And we have been going through something for months. It's going on. Too long. Too long. Uh, really started in May of this year, and but went into high gear in June. So we're, and it hasn't stopped. No, we're going on five months. If we count May first when it when we first noticed this stuff, and we make it to the end of October, it's going to be close to half a year, which seems impossible. It does, but it is. Yeah. So the whole is. the whole summer we've been going through this thing. We're not going to tell you what it is. Just keep us in prayer. But it's it's not something that's shareable right now because we don't even know what the heck it is. Mm-mm. But we just need um, the Lord to intervene and get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very... It's demonic. It's from Satan. It's very destructive. And uh, it's no bueno. No, and it's um, it's not easy to get rid of. It's, it's not that it's not the deliverance 101 stuff. You know, nothing you throw at it seems to work. So anyway, this is one of the, the things that came out of it. Uh, that we're going to talk about full faith versus partial faith. I I, I will f- tell you, I feel a little hypocritical speaking about it because I'm still, it's, <laughs> I can't. We're uh, struggling. Yeah, we're struggling with it. So we're going to go ahead and show you because there's, there's other people that are probably um, struggling too with something like this where you're really trying to activate your faith, you know, to believe mm-hmm. something, right? That's right. So hopefully it'll help somebody who might be in the same situation where they're trying to really, really, uh, yeah, you find yourself in a situation where you know you that you know that you know that God can, and um, but you're struggling with will He, even though you know He will, but see, then you waver. That's where we're at. Well, yeah, you have no problem. Knowing, well, God can. There's yeah, there's no problem. Of course, with He that. can. Of course, God can. He's He's the Almighty God, created everything. Of course, He can. Then you, then you go through the phase, but will he? And then you go, well, I don't know, will he? And then you go through the scriptures and you go, well, of course he will. Well, how do you know that? Because the scriptures say this and this and this. I mean, there's nowhere you can find that God's will is for his children or believers or children of God or bride of Christ or whatever you want to call Christians. There's nowhere that you can find in the scriptures that the lifestyle that we're living with with tormenting spirits is something that he would approve of right. for any length of time. You know, it could be a testing. It could be a Job thing, you know, where you're just being uh, sifted just to see, you know, how you shake out, you know, some cosmic bet or whatever. It could be a Job thing. It could be, you know, I don't know. It could be specific things. What I'm saying is that you know, you look at it, you go, oh, it's a witchcraft or it's accursed objects and all that stuff. And we, we've been dealing with this for going on six months, really. So believe me, we have done everything that could be possibly done uh, in regards to things like that. So, you know. And it really is the testing of our faith. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pushing, it's pushing me to my limit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, God can do it, but will he? And then you look at scriptures, you go, well, he has to because... the. A life of demonic torment for God's children is not lined up in scripture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just the opposite. So it has to be temporary. Be- or it goes against the word. That's what I'm saying. It just goes against the word. Now, then you get to phase three, and it's like, well, he can. Absolutely can. He, he will. 
but he'll do it for everybody else, but not you. You get to that phase. Mm-hmm. It, it works for everybody, but not you. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, you're the only one that uh, it's just not working for. You mm-hmm. feel very isolated. Yeah. You know, I know Peter says, you know, when you go through trials and tribulations, you know, uh, count it all joy. Mm-hmm. You just, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, because other people, there's other believers out there that are going through, through something. something similar. I would love to find somebody else that's going through uh, what, what we're going through. Yeah. yeah. What have I experienced the last six months? Because I have never heard of such a thing. Um, and I have um, done quite a bit of research on, you know, deliverance and demonology and things like that. Mm-hmm. Heck, we wrote a book. We wrote a book? Uh, yeah, we wrote a book about it. But um, <clears throat> I'm telling and we've you, we've experienced deliverance. Yeah, and this this is really really a different a different thing. Beast. Yeah, it's a totally different beast. It's a really really different. Anyway, so hopefully somebody else out there is going through some kind of struggle, though it may be different, but some kind of struggle where they believe I know God can do this. I know I can be delivered. I know He can meet my finances, meet my needs, save my kids, save my mom, you know, whatever. Heal me. Heal me. Will he heal me? And I know he does it for other people. Will he do it for me? Right. You know, will he do it for me? So this is what that is. All right. So we're going to talk about Matthew 15, 22, 28. And here's a story that uh, popped up, you know, to me, you know, where we're looking for answers and things. And what I noticed on this story was there's a difference between full faith and partial faith. And um, this is the, the Canaanite-ish woman, the woman, the Canaanite woman who's begging Jesus to uh, deliver her daughter who's sorely demon-possessed. Mm. And um, this this gal, this faith, what I saw here in the story was unbelievable. And it's like, this gal should have been included in Hebrews 11. Right. The Hall of Faith. Of course, she couldn't be because, you know, this stuff wasn't even written at the time. You know, who knows when Hebrews was written compared to the Gospels or whatever. Right. But th- this really is a story of faith. Mm-hmm. You and, know? It, you know, and, it, and the Lord always is um, happy with great faith because it's impossible to please God without faith. Yeah. <laughs> Preach it. <laughs> yeah, it's impo- that's what it says. It's impossible to please God without faith. Mm-hmm. So he's always appreciating great faith, and that's what Hebrews 11 is all about. Yeah, which which um, I have it out here, and it says, faith is the assurance or the substance of things hoped for and the conviction or the evidence of things not seen. That's what true faith is yeah and god i mean throughout scriptures we're not just making it up i mean throughout scriptures it's god wants to see his children trust him mm-hmm. wholeheartedly wholeheartedly trust him and only trust him and not go into egypt we've done you know uh, shows about that going into egypt for help and things like right. that and uh to trust him i'm not saying you can't go to the doctor you know, you know, use wisdom and things like that. But I'm saying where your ultimate trust relies mm-hmm. is in God. That's right. You know, um, even to the point where he's giving the doctors wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, guiding surgeries and things like that. Uh, honestly believe that. I mean, if you have cancer, I'm not saying you just sit at home and, and do nothing. You might do that. I'm not saying that's wrong, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you use you use the tools that are available to you, right. but ultimately, it's your trust in God. This is what Proverbs says: Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not on your own understanding, um, but acknowledge Him in all your ways. It, and that word "acknowledge" means know Him in all His ways, and He shall direct your path. He'll direct your path, so it could be anywhere. But you know that He's in it. Mm-hmm. You know that He's. Ultimately, you're trusting in him to, to guide and, you know, finish it up. Mm-hmm. So this particular Canaanite woman should be in Hebrews 11 because of her great faith. Yes. And it's a full faith as opposed to a partial faith. And what I mean by that, the partial faith that I'm talking about is that, well, God can do it. I have no doubt that there's a God in the existence of God and Elohim and a creator mm-hmm. God and the whole bit. And I have no doubt that he will do X, Y, and Z. Where the doubt comes in is, will he do it for you? Does it apply mm-hmm. 
in your situation? Well, it's like the, the, the gentleman in the, in, the, in the Bible that went to, um, it was when Jesus and his, uh, a few of his disciples went on the tra- uh, mountain of transfiguration. Uh-huh. And then he had the, his other disciples, and that man had brought his son to get delivered from demons. Yeah. And they couldn't deliver him. So when Jesus and his disciples came down from the mountain, this man told, asked Jesus, well, I brought my son to um, your disciples and they couldn't, they couldn't help me. Can you help me? And so, you know, Jesus basically said, you know, he, um, you know, he kind of chastised his disciples, O ye of little faith. Mm -hmm. And he delivered this man's son from the, the demon and when Jesus asked the, the father, he says, do you believe? He says, yes, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Yeah. So that's where that partial faith comes in. Yeah. You believe, but not quite fully. Because, mm. And, you know, the thing is, is because he had just seen his, he had just gone to those disciples of yeah. Jesus and asked Jesus, I mean, asked them to deliver his son from demons and they couldn't. They so failed. his his faith, his belief was a little shaken because of that. And how many times of us when we have full faith, full faith and then something happens and it's disappointing. So now we're looking at our disappointments instead of God and we have partial faith. Yeah. Just like this man. So that's why when Jesus says, "Do you believe?" because, "Yes, Lord, I do. I do." But help my unbelief. Yeah. That's really good when you put that out there. Then you ask the question, how many times does that happen? Um, well, I mean, a lot. But I could t- the last time, about what, two hours ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, really. So yeah. all the time. Because, what, you know, in our situation, we're seeing, we're seeing progress, but it's very slow, step by step. I mean, I am seeing progress, I have to say that. And I can see God's hand in everything. Right. But it's not quite the deliverance you're expecting. You're not. You're not. It's not quite the Mm-mm. the victory um, over Satan that you're you're expecting. Mm-hmm. And so when you know the demons get the loop around and still attack. Yeah, these setbacks are very disappointing. Yeah, they set you back, and so you're just like, really, you know. <laughs> but you know what? Through it all, though, we have gotten really good messages that we have shared with our listeners, and they have helped our listeners and um, done very positive things that way. Yeah. yeah I feel <laughs> We're just waiting for God to do it for us. <laughs> yeah. We got, well, we got a whole basket full of them, really. A lot of them yeah. we, we, I, we haven't even put together yet, but there's, we got a lot of, we're really a whole book full of stuff. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't write a book about this. No. At all. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't glorify Satan at all. No. But, um, yeah. I wouldn't glorify him at all. But um, <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's a lot of, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of positive that comes mm-hmm. on it. But this is what the partial faith is. Yeah. So now we're talking about the full faith of this um, this woman. Yeah, this woman. So that is a good story, though. Um, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so, you know, and then he had Jesus right there, lucky guy, right? And I know everybody says, well, you have Jesus too. You have the Holy Spirit. I know. Um, <laughs> but it'd just be nice to have a physical Jesus. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, you can ask him, why? And, Please. Uh, and his disciples will go, get them away from us. They keep yelling at us, <laughs> following us around. Okay. Why don't you read that scripture? You want to do it in Matthew? Um, I can do it in Matthew or Mark, but let's do Matthew since we, we um, talked about that one. Yeah, and we'll do both. Okay. Well, Matthew 15, we'll start in uh, verse 21. And it says, and Jesus went away from there um, and withdrew into the district of Tai and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman came out from that region and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came to him and kept asking him, saying, Send her away, for she is shouting out after us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, your faith is great. Be it done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed. At once. Now, 
let's go to Mark 7 and start at verse 24. And it says here, and from there, um, and from there he rose and went away to the region of Tyre. And when he went, and when he had entered a house, he went. Aha, he wanted no one to know of it. Yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, or in other words, a Greek of the Syphonician race, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying to her, Let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And he said to her, Because of this answer, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed and the demon having to be parted. And so from there, he went out of the region of Tyre and came through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee within the region of Decapolis. What version are you reading from, just in case people are... I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Okay, the NASB. Yeah, pretty clear. So that's that's the story. We Most all of us have read or heard of that uh, story. It's a harsh a saying of Christ. It's one of those harsh things mm-hmm. that you're like, what in the world is this all about? You know, this poor woman is asking for help. And he's like, uh, he's no. like, well, in Matthew, he's ignoring her. Mm-hmm. And then she has to get the disciples want him to address her yeah, to, to get, get rid, rid of her, her because he, she's crying out, following around, crying out, bugging him, you know? Um, so he ignores her at first. And then he, then he tells her, you know, it's not good to give what's meant for Israel to the dogs, you know, and of course the dogs are an idiom, mm-hmm. you know, in first century Judaism, dogs are uh, Gentiles, right. someone who is a non-Jew who's not non-Jew. Israel. Yeah. Uh, it's racist, man. It's racist. Mm-hmm. And so he says, it's not, but can you imagine that today? You know, it's like you come, hey, brother Kapow, can you pray for me? My gallbladder swollen or whatever. Yeah. And I uh, said, no, because you're a Baptist. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're a Baptist. Um, Just kidding. Or, you know, well, I'm sorry, it's not it's not good to give prayer or healing to um, non-Mexicans. Mm-hmm. I only, I only, I'm sent as the Mexican Messiah. Right. You know, so I only do Mexicans. So, you know, it'd be, it'd be like this bizarre. And we don't have anything against Baptists. I just use that word for... Yeah, or, me- or Mexicans. Yeah. Or non-Mexicans. <laughs> no. Unless you're a Phoenician. Mm-hmm. If you're a Syrian Phoenician. But, uh, yeah, we don't, yeah, we just use that for yeah. an example. How bizarre that would be. And then he's, you know, he ignores her at first. And then he says, um, yeah, it's not, you know, you can't take the bread. From the, the Jewish people, basically. Yeah, and give it to you. And the thing is, she just kept going and going. And, and, and then she says, you know, but even the dogs uh, get scraps, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, incredible. It's one of those really, really harsh sayings, I think. Now you read some of these commentaries and they they always, you know, kind of skirt around it. Well, what he meant mm-hmm. was, he knew what he was going to do. He was going to help her, but he wanted to show, you know, whatever. And it's all speculation. You have to yeah. read into the text to get that out. Uh, so who knows? Who knows what that was all about? But it's there, mm-hmm. and uh, it is what it is, and there is a lesson to be learned from it, and this is one of those lessons. Mm-hmm. It's very Just much like the, the um, well, there's several of the stories in the Bible, the one with the judge, with the old lady. He says, I'm not, you know, because she's... Con- continually pesting me. I'm just going to go ahead and give her what she wants. And then the one where the friend was already in bed with his kids and then his friend, you know, kept knocking on the door. Hey, I need some food, blah, blah, blah. He goes, Hey, I'm already in bed with my kids. But because it wasn't their friendship that caused the man inside the house to give his friend bread, it was his persistence, you know, and even in in, um, other parts of the Bible, it says, um, you have not because you ask not. But then Jesus also says, ask and you shall receive. You know, um, we knock and the door will be open. Um, it's a seek and you shall find. Mm-hmm. Ask and it shall be given to you. So there's that consistent um, 
barging the house of God, the, 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 the heavens, yeah. to get what you want. Taking the kingdom of heaven by violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah. Boy, isn't that the truth? That's some big, thick doors there, too. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, you, you have this story here, and it's, it really is kind of a weird story that pops out at the Gospels, and you're like, huh? There's really nothing, when you first read it, especially 20th century Christians here in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, when we live in a day of age of political correctness and, <laughs> know. you know, it makes people uncomfortable uh, to say anything harsh like that. It's just really like, oh, wow, you know, this is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the one who died for the sins of that Canaanite woman. Exactly. Uh, and all the, all the Gentiles, all humanity, all humanity you know? saying, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you know, you have to understand, you know, theologically, scholarly, you'd have to say, well, he did come to the lost house of Israel. That's why he did He did come. Uh, they missed their Messiah, but that's not his fault. Um, he did come from them originally. It wasn't uh, then spread out to the Gentiles until you know, after his resurrection. So mm-hmm. in, in a real sense, that was the mission. You know, and it was. He didn't, he didn't go about doing miracles and preaching in, in the heathen areas. He just happened to be in this area really to get away from from the crowds, from mm-hmm. the Jewish crowds that were crowding him. That's why he was there, but he wasn't there to do miracles. You know, so here here he is, you know, being followed around and threatened mm-hmm. by the um, Pharisees and things like that. And then he goes to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Mm-hmm. You know, which is interesting because before this happened, he was... Uh, he was. Um, he, he. It says here in um, Matthew eleven twenty. He says, then he began to reproach the cities in which most of his miracles were done because they did not repent. And he says, woe to to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Mm-hmm. For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, where this woman was, mm-hmm. which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nevertheless, as I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for them in the day of judgment than for you. Yeah, it, it is interesting because, mm-hmm. and here he did he did that very miracle in yeah. Tyre and Sidon. Yeah, because what he's saying is the house of Israel, who I came to save and be mm-hmm. their Messiah, they're not recognizing me. They're not getting it. Uh, ultimately, they end up killing him. You know, God's purpose, God's plan, mm. but. Yeah, and right there he's saying, yeah, had I done these things in these heathen nations, they would have believed. Also reminds me of Jonah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jonah is is a Jew. He's an Israelite man who was told to go to a Gentile nation, Nineveh, to tell them of their upcoming destruction. And everybody hated Nineveh. This is the city that if they didn't like you or you know whatever... They would uh, decapitate you and hang your corpse on the city gates, and you know, I mean, yeah. there, there were some bad actors yeah. there. And so God tells him, "Go preach to Nineveh because I'm about to destroy them. Give them a chance to repent." And Jonah's like, "What? Do you yeah. know who these people are?" Yeah, exactly. It would be like I'm not going to mention names, but some of your favorite political foes right now that mm-hmm. you, you you turn on the news, uh, God forbid, and you see this political foe of yours, whatever party, you know, but God's telling you to approach them and give them the gospel or else they're going to die. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, heck no. So that's, that's Jonah. And so Jonah doesn't want to do that. And so God says, no, go there. But he gets on a boat and goes the opposite way. Mm-hmm. You know, I do that all the time. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I do. It's, it's, and it's, it's great. Not true, it's great people. fun to get thrown overboard. Yeah, no, that's not true. Brother Kapow tries his very best to to um, please God and to obey him. But a lot of times I want to go the other way. Yeah, but you don't. <laughs> you don't, but I want to go the other way. So he gets on a boat, goes the other way. Gets uh, They have a bunch of trouble because of him, because he's not doing God's work. So the, 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 the ship is tormented. Mm-hmm. They're having all kinds of problems. Because the one guy on there that should be doing the will of God is not. So he's bringing problems to everybody else. And so they throw him overboard. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? And then, uh, well, you know, like, you know, three days in the belly. Well, the guy mm. was dead. I mean, he, he was dead. So when he's coughed up on the, sh the shore, the miracle, like when Jesus says, you know, you're not going to see any sign from me except the, uh, the sign of Jonah. Jonah. He's a dead man walking. After three days, the guy spit up on the shore dead. Can you picture this guy in under the sea for three days and see, stinketh and seaweed? And he's dead. He's pale white. He's all... He was swallowed by a fish. Yeah, he's all pruned up. I mean, he's a dead guy. And he's washed up and all of a sudden... <coughs> and he gets up and his hair's all... He smells like seafood. I mean, he's horrible. And now he comes walking into the city, going, repent, you know, uh, or you're going to be destroyed. Well, then they listened to him because he was a dead man walking. It was like, holy cow, this guy's a, a miracle. Mm -hmm. And that's a picture of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a dead man walking. Here's a dead man who rose from the grave saying, repent, come to me. And, uh, you know, like Jonah, beautiful, you know, because they do repent. This yeah, this amen. awful Gentile nation repents. But then Jonah's mad about it. And he goes, he sits under a tree, you know, and there was a, there was a, a plant that yeah. covered his bald head and then the worm ate the plant. So now he's mad again. He's just like me, you know, where's my plant? He gets mad. So, you know, <laughs> poor Jonah. I got a little Jonah in me. I do. You know, I do. I got a lot of Jonah in me. Um, and I'm a dead man walking too. Let's see. So, you know, that's a Gentile thing. So let's um, get into this. So full faith, here's, here's what we see from the Canaanite mm -hmm. a woman. Number one, she's a Gentile. Yep. Jesus is in Gentile territory, not to do miracles, but to hide out from these people. Because he goes into a house, and then they discover that he's there. People discover that he's there, and he's like... Urgh. You know, he's, he's probably, he has to recharge or whatever, get away from the Pharisees or something. But he's in an area he normally wouldn't be doing miracles. So he's in this Gentile area. And what this story is going to show is that one, that a person could believe that God can do it, period. Right. You know, it's like. No problem. Yeah, no problem. You know, it's like, um, you know, you're beyond the stage of, is there a God? Is there really a creator God? I don't know. You know, you're beyond that stage, you know, or all roads lead to some universal energy, you know, the Tao and mm. Buddhism. You know, you're way beyond that. You, you're you rooted in the Yahweh. You know there's only one God. That's right. You can, you'll never deny the existence of that one God. Mm -mm. You know he's the everlasting God, the almighty, the El Shaddai. There's no... You, there's just no question. Your faith can never be shaken in it. You just, you know that you know. You've been through stuff. You know that. So you can believe that God can do it. Like, I firmly believe God can do anything. Mm -hmm. Anything. Because he, he just, he's the creator God. That's right. There's nothing he can, there's nothing. He's all powerful. You yeah. Know? There's nothing too big for God. He's God. I totally believe that. I have no problem with that. I have really good faith there. You know, but a person could believe that while simultaneously believing that, simultaneously believing that God can't or won't do it for them. And there's your partial faith. You believe all faith in God. Oh, he'll do it. He'll do it. I just don't think he's going to do it for me. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes that happens. We've heard stories about people praying for their sick loved ones or a sick person. And, um, you know, God could heal them, God could kill them, God could heal them, and then they die, you know? So God couldn't, or he wouldn't, mm -hmm. or didn't, or whatever. And that, those are things that really shake the faith, you know, especially when you really believe something. We, we knew a pastor, an associate pastor, that went mm -hmm. through something like that, really yeah. rocked his world. Uh, we also know another pastor when his wife died. He, mm -hmm. was, he was one of those guys that would yell down the hall, you know, when someone was in a coma, in the name of Jesus, rise up, and they would get out of a coma. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he, he had the gift of faith. Yeah, gift of faith. And then when his own wife was dying of cancer, up to the last minute, he just knew God was going to heal her. God was going to heal her, and, and she died. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that's a whole different that's a whole different realm. Mm -hmm. You're swimming in there, right? So you can believe that God can do it. Period. While at the same time believing that God can't or won't do it for you. Now, here's the problem. When you go down that road, there's a little lie. There's a little lie, and then that prevents that healing or that deliverance you need. Because once that little lie sets in, 
God could do it, but he's probably not going to do it for me for whatever reason. I, I've, um, I'm too bad of a sinner, right? Now, we're talking a Christian here. You're talking this only works if you're a Christian. You've repented of your sins. Your sins are covered past, present, future. You're aligned with the cross, right? Mm-hmm. You're walking in the spirit. You're walking in the spirit. You're not walking after the flesh. You're not doing the things of the flesh. You're walking after the spirit. You're a human walking after the spirit, doing the best you can. And um, But you're going through something right now that you know God can turn it around. But in your case, he won't. He hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't. It's not that he can't. You know he can. Uh, but he, he just hasn't. And you don't know why. So you're in that, that period of transition. You know, last week I played, um, what, Stephen uh, mm-hmm. Fortnick. I got in trouble for playing him because a couple of people uh, wrote me. Several people wrote me and said, we don't like him. Uh, but I would, I would, if you haven't heard it, you just turned that off because you didn't like him. The message was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And it was about what God does in the transition. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're going from point A to point B, the faith comes in the transition, right? If God tells you, hey, I'm going to take you over here to Canaan land, you're like, okay, I got faith. That's great. God's going to lead the way. I got angels. I got right. And, you are, and then when you already made it to Canaan land, you're like, praise God, we made it. God's here. He was tough, but we're here, right? But what about the 40 years in the wilderness? Right. Let's talk about that. That's where faith is built in the transition. That's what his message was about. That's right. So I'd encourage you if, if you know, if you didn't like the person, the person that gave the, the message, I just listen to the message. The message is good. Okay. So anyway, um, so what happens then, <clears throat> there's this little lie that comes in and it, that little lie that says, God won't do it for me because he hasn't done it for me. There has to be a reason. Mm-hmm. And so then the lie starts giving you a reason, right? You start going, why? There could be a lot of reasons that your head starts thinking about. Mm-hmm. One of the most common ones is, you know, I, I did something so bad that he can't, you know, work that out. Or this situation is so bad or this cancer is so bad, he, he, he can't or won't. Mm-hmm. So once that little lie enters in, then um, the accusers, the demons, the Satans, these ones that like to live in your head, they enter and then they just roost on this this lie. And they just feed on it and roost, and this is what they do. Um, so here, here's, here's how the lie would go. A person, say, let's just say they 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 feel they missed the mark. They 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 weren't quite living up to um the Christian standards, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're not like living in full blown sin or something. You know what I mean? They're not yeah, like they in, made a mistake. Yeah, they're not in rebellion. They're just, um, I don't know. They get a little fleshly. They get a little worldly or something. At least they think they are. Okay. So then this person says, um, "See, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about someone who's in rebellion or who's." Um, you know, apostate or reprobate. Those are other lessons. This ain't that. This is a person who still loves the Lord, serving the Lord, has has the Spirit of Christ, has the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But they feel remorse for something they did. Maybe it's their anger. Maybe it um, the way they treated their mother or the way they, you know, they treat their kids or, you know, whatever, something they've been dealing with. So then the Satan's, I use that as a plural because they're the accusers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the Satans, the accusers. Then then tell this person the lie. And the lie says that the sin or their their action or their behavior, belief is so offensive to God and that it in fact rejects God. It's so rejecting of God that um, they can't be forgiven. Even though God forgives everybody else, this it's just, it's just, I can't, basically can't forgive yourself. It's hard to forgive yourself because you think you just did something really bad. So the lie says that God or the spirit 
has left the person. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what the lie says. The, the, the God's spirit or God has abandoned me uh, because of what I did. Mm-hmm. Because of what I, you know, what I did. Uh, if if you're a, a non-Christian uh, or you're really in a backslidden condition like I was in 2006, backslidden condition, because I was saved at age 15, for real, backslidden condition, and then you come to terms uh, where you get kicked in the face and you, and you come to Christ, you usually don't struggle with this kind of thing because you know you were in deep rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know you need a savior. You know there's nothing you know uh, about you that is redeemable, right? Um, you know you you know that. Or if you're a sinner and you've reached rock bottom and you come to Jesus, you know, right? But I'm talking about a Christian, someone's already Christian, and then they just they let that lie get in there. Uh, you know, it's just not working for me. You know, God, I just don't think God could quite. You know, I must yeah, have done and, something wrong. And the lie came in not through the head, but through another avenue that makes it difficult or yeah. it makes it different. Yeah. Well, what, what, what you're talking about is a demonic lie. Mm-hmm. It, it comes from the Satans itself. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not their own Christian head going, you know, I don't think God could forgive me. Because if you do that, and then you can listen to the show going, oh, the Kapow's just explained that that's not true. Right. And then you go, okay, I'll go my, it's, that's a matter of being taught the right mm-hmm. thing. But when, when the Satan's coming and accuse, they block the whole mind. Mm-hmm. You know, they overshadow the whole thing. And that's what you're fighting. You know, that, that you're fighting a demonic attack and that kind of a belief. So um, the spirit, the, the lie tells, tells this person, God or the spirits left them. The lie is an attack. The, the lie itself is an attack on God mm-hmm. and in his word because everything in the word is opposite of what, what you would be feeling at this moment. It's an attack on the redemption of Jesus Christ because all sin, as we know, stops at the cross. That's right. It all stops at the cross. Mm-hmm. Your original sin that you've done, you were born into sin, but to, at the time you received salvation, your sin stopped at the cross. Mm-hmm. And then... His blood covers you. It covers you when you stumble and you have to get up. What's the scripture? You stumble seven times yeah, and you get up you eight. Have, mm-hmm. Okay. His blood covers you. You're not in rebellion. You're not in rejection of God. You're not in anger. You're not reprobate or apostate. You haven't left the truth. You stumble. You miss the mark. You Like sin. everybody does. Like everybody. You're human. Mm-hmm. We're in these flesh suits all the time. Yep. And that's why the blood of Jesus covers us from the beginning through transition till the very end. Yes. Yes. The cross, your sins are stopped at the cross. Period. Mm-hmm. You, there's nothing to add to that. Nope. There's nothing to add to that. And we have the righteousness of Christ. That's what's... That's what God the Father sees. Yes. That's our assurance is the righteousness of Christ, his blood. It's his work, his redeeming work. Mm-hmm. On the, so when the lie says that it can't work for you, you can see where it attacks the redeeming blood of Christ. It actually attacks the cross, not just the person. It's a bigger picture here, a bigger picture here. Um, it's not about the person. It's about God. The lie attacks the truth, the life, and the way. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. When a person believes that lie, then it sets themselves up for future and further demonic torment. Other torment, other lies come in and just spin it all around and get all crazy. And it's hard to get relief because the faith is partial. Mm-hmm. It's not full, it's partial. The, the person in this case would believe that God, in fact, can forgive sins. And did, their original sin, when they came to the cross, right? Mm-hmm but not these later sins or not this particular time. Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever the problem is, or not this particular disease, or he could do this miracle, but he's not doing this miracle for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person <clears throat> does believe God could cast out demons. Mm-hmm. 
and deal with that. But in this case, he's not doing it. So, yeah. And that raises doubt. It raises doubt because it's like, why are they still here? Because it's pretty bad. Yeah. So the faith is partial. Good reason to be partial because you haven't seen the, you're going through that transition. You haven't seen that, that end yet. Um, so anyway, so just say a person takes that and they say, well, I've committed sins. They, they can't be forgiven. Um, so then the demons come and they torment. The Satans are accusing and stuff like that. Uh, and it's constant a loop. It's a reinforcing lie uh, that there's unforgivable sin and there's issues there. And God can, but he won't, won't for me. Could, would have, should have, but it just, it doesn't apply to me type of thing. Um, and this person, it's hard when the Satans come and, and overshadow a mind because they can't see God's deliverance or God's spirit uh, still in, in, in their lives. And it's understandable because these things are overshadowing everything that you would believe in. Mm-hmm. They're, they're circumventing everything that would Build your faith. That's right. They're destroying faith. That's right. So it's not like this person is just stupid or just, you know, sticking the wrong way. They're, it's really a demonic attack. That's what I'm talking about. And this is... this. It attacks th- your faith. Yes. And, you know, even, even for our listeners, you know, you, you might be going through um, a health crisis or a financial crisis or whatever... And you've been praying and praying and praying, and you just don't see any relief in sight, and so it just keeps. Yeah, because they just they keep looping, mm-hmm. they keep looping until until that demonic lie is dismantled. But only God can dismantle it. Exactly. Because it's it's been our experience that if you just try to dismantle something like that intellectually or logically or or just scholarly through the Bible. It doesn't work because you go, well, I understand that stuff. Mm -hmm. Only God can dismantle that lying spirit that is is twisting the faith. That's right. But in the process, (laughs) by faith you believe that it's that transition period that's actually building the faith that's being attacked. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Strengthening it. Mm -hmm. It really is the, the enemy coming around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Yeah. Because I do believe at the end of it, when God delivers, God comes through, like you'll see Jesus in this story with the Canaanite woman, that your faith is really increased. Mm -hmm. It's really, really going to be that way, but it's in that transition period that you just don't see it. Right. It's, It's really, really difficult. So anyway, um, the lie has to be dismantled, but God has to do that. The complete faith comes in the truth of God, right? Mm-hmm. Not partial faith. If you could do it yourself, you would just, it would, you would be like that man with the demoniac son. You know, you wouldn't say, um, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. You right. would just say, of course I believe, and it would be done. But there's always that little bit there that needs to be worked on. So... Uh, and what happens is just a big vicious cycle. They they prevent you from really hearing God, and they just blah blah blah. Well, they make you, you ineffective for His kingdom as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. So, you know, here we have in this this lesson here, you have a woman from Canaan, 
or Canaanite woman, a Syro, a non-Jew, a non-Jew. It doesn't mean she wasn't a believer. She could have went to the temple as a as a Gentile in the court of the Gentiles. We don't know that. It doesn't say that. Uh, but to, somehow, by her act, though, she did hear messages of Jesus yeah. healing people. Yes. And she knew who she, he was. Mm-hmm, and that's why she sought him. Yeah, she heard that he was in the area. So I do, uh, personally, I don't believe she was some heathen pagan out there serving Baal mm-hmm. and then ran to Jesus. Because she even addressed the Lord in Matthew as Lord, son of David. Yeah. So she knew who he was. Yeah. So more than likely, and this is just me speculating, more than likely she was a, a God-fearer. Mm-hmm. And probably went to the temple in the court of the Gentiles. Right. Things like that. It was a God fear. Just like Cornelius and the Roman soldier. Sure. Yes. That asked for healing for his kid too. So I I believe that. So she. um, And you would think those people would have the most faith because they know that the, the salvation is from the Jews. It's for the Jews. Yeah. And here I am not, you know, a Jew. And here I am going to, I'm going to ask this person, the son of David. Yeah. For a miracle. That's, Would he even do that for me? Yeah. That's the whole thing. Is he gonna, you know, he'll do it for them. He'll do it for everybody else or the Jews, but is he going to do it for but me? But now hindsight, we know that God, you know, God so loved the world, Jew and non-Jew, yeah. that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Yeah, exactly. But at this time... He hadn't risen yet. We didn't mm-hmm. know. They didn't know any of this stuff. That's so this right. was what makes her faith so incredible. Exactly. So here she is, a heathen, a Canaanite. So she comes out. This is from Matthew. She begins to, to cry out. You know, have mercy on me, Lord. Like you said, Son of David. She Son knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And then she states her her plea: My daughter is cruelly demon possessed. And then, so can you imagine that you're you're not a Jew? Um, say you're a God. Fear, you know, go my theory here that she was a God fear, court of the Gentiles or whatever. She knows he's the son of David. She knows about him and she's followed and she gives her petition. Lord, you know, have mercy on me. My daughter has demons. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting help. In, in the book of Mark, it says, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. She kept at it. She kept asking him. Wow. And then in, here in Matthew, it says, but he did not answer her a word. So could you imagine that? You, you Here you are, there's Jesus right there, physically there. And you go, here's my petition. And he ignores you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even answer you. So right there, okay, right there, not only does the guy you're asking for help, the only one that you know that can help, and you're not sure he can help you. You know what he's done for the Jews mm-hmm. because you've heard about the blind being uh, eyes opened You've heard about the dead being raised, the lame So you know he can. Yes. But will he for you? Because you're a Gentile and you're the the court of Gentiles. And he didn't, he's he's for the Jews. He's for Israel. And so he ignores you. And not only that, but the people around him that serve him, that are his disciples, that he discipled. Tell you. Have the same attitude. They say, send her away. She keeps shouting at us. Mm Mm-hmm. So finally, like you said in Mark, Ms. Kapow, she keeps bugging him. She keeps saying, my daughter, my, he, she keeps petitioning, right? I mean, this is, this is crazy faith. This is crazy faith. And then think about this. Just think of Jesus did this to you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what, what, if he turned around and did this to you, either physically or in the spirit right now, you're asking him to... I don't know, heal your mom or heal your dad or you're asking for that. Then he turns and he answers you. You're praying and he answers you. And he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. (laughs) Well, right there, your faith would end. Mm -hmm. I know mine would. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say I tried. I tried to beseech the son of God. He was here, he walked by. I tried praying, you know, an hour ago, but he said, I'm... Don't you know I've come here for Benny Hinn? I'm not. I'm here to Benny to do Benny Hinn healing concerts. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for you, Pablo. I don't got time for mesquite. I'm I'm doing bigger things, man. I'm with Netanyahu and Trump, man. I don't have time for you. It's like right there, the faith would end because you you had faith. You know he can do it, but he's just not going to do it for you. 
And right there would be, I don't even know if the word would be discouragement. It would just be proof positive that he's just not going to do it for you. He could do it, right? You know, he's just not going to do it for you. It'd be like, I know Trump could probably lower my taxes, but if I wrote him a letter asking him, he's not, not going to do it for me. Yeah, he won't even write you back. <laughs> he not going to write me back. He might tweet me, but he's not going to write me back. You know what I'm saying? So you can imagine what this lady was feeling at mm-hmm. this time. So, so basically the, the, the faith here, this incredible faith, is to not stop asking, to keep asking, to keep asking. Yeah. You just, whether just you see it or not, you just keep... You, be persistent. You, yeah, you got to be a little, um, you know, tarted in the head, man. And just, you just got to keep your petition up. And that's hard when everything around you is saying no. Mm-hmm. And that it's not working or you're not, you know, like in our case, we're seeing progress, but very slow, very step by step. And it's so slow that when you, when you don't have the progress... It's like devastating, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And but you just you just keep because there's nowhere else to go, folks. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere else to go. I mean, you, you're not going to go to NASA for the answer. You're not going to go to the medical doctors for the answer. You're not going to go to psychiatrists for an answer. There's nowhere, no one that's going to fix it but God. He's the that's only right. one that can actually fix it, but he won't, or he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. You know. Why is that? We don't know. You don't know. The, the lady here didn't know. She was just being ignored until he says, I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, she understood what he said. But she kept asking. Yeah. And then here in Matthew says, she came and began to bow before him. Now she comes and puts herself in a position of worship. So instead of going, well, number one, she could have got mad and said, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I can go serve Baal then or whatever or or just like or she could have just respectfully said i understand that Mm -hmm. i'm a gentile i get it um i'm not uh a chosen one of israel uh but she she goes and she puts herself in a position of worship this is this is an incredible story of a a woman that had just such incredible faith Mm -hmm. it should have been in hebrews 11 but of course at the time this happened in the writings and stuff it wouldn't you know, it wouldn't have been yeah. put it there. But this is this is, is as incredible as Abraham's faith. Oh, I believe that. Or any yeah. any prophet's faith. It's this is just as this is absolutely unbelievable, this story here. Because she actually has the Son of God telling her mm. it's not for you. It's it's not like she's surmising it, like I'm asking God to heal my mom. No, he actually said it. He actually says, Yeah, yeah it's not for you. And his disciples said go yeah. away you're bugging us don't don't bug don't bug the messiah don't bug don't bug rabbi the don't one bug thing the she did she just kept at it she just kept at it and then she bowed down and prostrated herself basically in a very humble and meek position yeah begging yeah she begged yeah the next thing she says after she put herself in a worship position she says lord help me and then he answered her not the first time he says Look it, I, I didn't come for you Gentiles. I came from the house of Israel. Then she keeps bugging. Well, it's not like then he turned around and said, you know what? Okay, let me let me listen to your plea and see what I can do. No, he does it again, not once, but twice. He just totally, totally devastates her. He says, or or the, the word should have devastated her. He says, it is not good to take the children's bread, that's Israel, mm-hmm. and throw it to the dogs. And the word good means proper. It's not proper. Yeah. I come from the lost sheep of Israel. It's just, it's not right to take these miracles. It's like throwing your pearl before swine. Yeah. Not, that's not what that meant, but it's kind of like that. Kind of like that. You know, and here's the deal. Why, why is he doing miracles with Israel? I mean, why is he operating in signs and miracles? Because it is confirming who he is. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's operating. If he just came and says, I'm a teacher, I'm a rabbi, and he's just teaching, they're not going to listen to him. You know, he's not one of the religious leaders, but because he comes in power and doing miracles and he can heal and cast demons out, they're falling around. Mm-hmm. He's feeding 5,000 people. I mean, it's, it's a sign to the Jews. Well, why would you use a sign to the Gentiles? Mm-hmm. They don't need a sign. It's not for them. 
So what he's saying is absolutely true. But for her, that had to be absolutely devastating. Sure. I can't imagine praying to Jesus right now for something. Lord, please take this away, take this away. Then all of a sudden I hear a voice in my head saying, it's not proper for me to listen to you, Paul. I'm with Netanyahu in Israel. I, what? God, please help me. You know, I'm, I'm here in Mesquite and I'm going through all this stuff. And then he goes, ah, it's just not proper. I'm sorry, bud. It's too late. Too late. Maybe later on when I return in the rapture, you know, then it'll be over. You know, me, Paul would probably just walk away and go, oh, boy, now I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, I just going to, what are you going to do? I asked, but he didn't do it. So what are, what are, what are I going to do now? You know? Drink whiskey? (laughs) But see, it's like she knew that he was the only one that could do this for her daughter. And she loved her daughter so much that she was willing to keep bugging him about it. And then laying prostate and begging him. Yeah. Yeah. Jude, give it up. And the answer is that God was moved. He was. Because after he said that, it's not proper to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She says... Yes, Lord. She agrees. I know it's not proper. I dig it. I understand it fully that I don't deserve this. I understand that I'm a Gentile, court of Gentiles. I'm not a Jew. You came for the loss. I understand all of that. I am not arguing with you. I agree 100%. But even the dogs like me feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Mm -hmm. Just give me something. Just give me something. When you're done with Netanyahu, when you're done with Israel, when you're done doing the peace treaty in the Mideast, just give me something. Yeah. Give me, me a crumb. Give me children's crumbs. Yeah, just give me a morsel. Give me a little, just give me some crust, Lord. Because even the dogs, even the, even the cockroaches, I would tell God, even the cockroaches like me scurry around the house at night and look for some morsels that were dropped from the toaster. Give me something, just something. I know you can. Give me something. Incredible faith. You think she would have been blown away that first, the first time? Hey, it's not for you. It's not proper. Twice she gets turned down, and then she says something like that. Man, give me something, right? And then Jesus said to her, and this is huge, oh woman. Your faith is great. (laughs) It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Yeah. And it says from that hour. Yeah. Yeah. Mark says from that hour. Mm -hmm. And this one says at once. This is uh, King James, I believe. Unbelievable. Now, Jesus didn't have to go to her house. He didn't have to pray over the daughter. He didn't have to cast the demon out. It was her, her faith made it so. Mm-hmm. Now, that's incredible faith. That's right. Full faith. So hopefully, if you listen to this message, if you're in a situation where you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you haven't seen what you're praying for, and maybe you've had some disappointments through your, your praying and your faithing, don't give up. This is the message. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep asking. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Well, and that's true because, Abby, like in this story here, the par- she could have easily had partial faith. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't have partial faith? I know you could do it, but you just told me you're not going to do it for me. And then you told me twice. I asked you again, you told me twice, so I'm going to take my partial faith and go away. Had she done that, and she had every right to, had she done that, her daughter would have never been healed. That demon would have kept possessing her daughter. Mm -hmm. Had she done that. But because she acted in that full faith, not only can you do it, but I know you can do it for me, even if it's just a crumb. Mm -hmm. Give me something. Just give me something. Don't walk away. You know? Give me something. It's amazing. The thing is, yeah, it would, the partial faith would have prevented the miracle, not because Christ couldn't do it, but rather because he would not do it for her. See, her special circumstances of being a Gentile 
override the total power of God. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? God's power is there, but the special circumstances that we have overrides that power. Now he can't do it. He can do it for everybody else. He has in the past, but he can't do it for us mm-hmm. because we have a special circumstance, right? You're either Gentile or you're too sick or you're too much of a sinner or you're too stupid, whatever it is, right? Yeah, you're just not good enough, you know. Um, but, but it didn't. Instead, she argues her point that although she did not fit the criteria for her mercy at all, that his mercy could still be applied anyway to her. So her faith was then completed. Unbelievable. It's an unbelievable story of faith. I probably, I think the best faith story in the scriptures, Mm -hmm. you know, and now check this out. This is what's amazing. All this was done before the atoning work of cross. This was still under the law. The Canaanite woman has faith while still under the law of Moses. Mm. Wow, that's incredible. That is incredible. We need that kind of complete faith mm-hmm. in Yahweh, period. I mean, this was before the cross. Yeah, the complete faith to me is a persistent faith. Yeah, I like you that. You know what I mean? Because it's not like, oh, I have great faith and I know that God's going to do it. Even with Abraham, when God gave him that promise of a son mm-hmm. and that he would be the father of nations and... You know, this this son would be the seed. Yeah. We even, you know, even in in the New Testament, it, it if you just read that, it just shows that he did not his faith never wavered, is what it says. Yeah. But then when you read the Old Testament, it shows you how the different things that he had gone through, like with with his wife, you know, saying, Sarah. you know, ah, we're too old, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Here's my my um, um, concubine, not concubine, but my my. Um, yeah. Made or whatever. Handmade. Yeah. You go into her and then you can have your son that way. So it was, it's human intervention, you know. But even through all of that, it's that persistent faith, that, that, that journey that you walk with God. Yeah. And um, that's what this is all about. It's not a one-time deal. It's, it's that persistence. Yeah. It's that persistence. And I think those other examples that we, we shared earlier you know, about the gentleman in the, in the bedroom, you know, and his friend bugging him. And then the, the, the judge, you know, saying this old lady, I'm just going to, cause she's nagging me. I'm just going to give yeah. her what she wants. It's that persistence that just that, that I'm not going to let go of your hem until you give yeah. me my miracle. Yeah. Cause I believe that I believe that I believe that I believe and I'm going to keep believing until and you're it's the only done. One. And then I'm still going to believe that you did. Yeah. You're, you're the, the only one. one. There's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. So that's the message we have for our listeners. Yeah, that, that's an incredible story. I like that. Um, so full faith versus partial faith. And Ms. Capel is absolutely right. It's not the full faith or the complete faith is not something you do like, oh, I only believe partially, but now I'm going to believe fully. He can do it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's when you have those doubts, when you have that, those circumstances that I know God can do it, but he's not doing it. What's going on? Um, and it's that persistence. And then when it finally comes full circle, you're just like, yeah, I know. But in, in that transition, in that period is where you have to really keep exercising that full faith that you don't even have yet. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's okay it's, to ask God, you know, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Because sometimes your, your faith is going to be weak. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. And you need that little extra, extra something, something. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. All right. So just keep us in prayer, please, and uh, pray for your brothers and sisters because uh, the times are are difficult. A lot of people are going through a lot of trials. A lot mm-hmm. of, there's a lot of illness, a lot of sickness, a lot of bizarre just illnesses popping around uh, on believers everywhere. So many people can't sleep. Yeah. Unbelievable um, sleep deprived mm-hmm. people, both believers and unbelievers. I don't know where you know about where you live, but here in Mesquite, Nevada, I don't know if it's just for here or everywhere else. But people are not sleeping. Yeah, they're just having it's 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 incredible. It's almost like an epidemic. It's like an epidemic, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, and I know the the conspiracy theories and the five G and you know all that stuff. But regardless, there's there's a lot a lot of affliction going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And keep praying for our brothers and sisters in Iran and other countries that are yes. being persecuted for their faith. They need our prayers as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 
Good night. Ciao, babies. Father Faith.